Know you waiting on your days to get better. You see a whole lot of change with the help of a prayer. No matter how big the problem is, God is great. No matter how big the problem is, God is great. Come on, time and time again. You still show us we going. Build us up when we within it. Shine your light where it was then. Said you'll never let us down. With your words, we will find them. As we learn through these trials, you remind us why we smile. Know you waiting on your days to get better. You see a whole lot of change with the help of a prayer. No matter how big the problem is, God is great. No matter how big the problem Ooh, is, God is great. Hey, how are you? Welcome to Pure Reflections, the podcast, where we talk about motherhood, womanhood, and discipleship. I'm your host, Danielle Thompson, resident in counseling and mentor. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to hit subscribe. And now sit back, relax, and listen as I share what I've learned on my journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of journey to life. I have a really good school friend with me. Her name is Melissa, and I'm just going to give her some time to introduce herself. Hi, guys. My name is Melissa Ramos. Um, I grew up in Uniondale, New York. Um, I graduated high school in 2010. I've worked as an ER tech for almost uh, three years, and now I'm currently going for PA school. Yes. Um, yeah, I just graduated my first semester, so great. I feel great. <laughs> well, <Just> congratulations. Know... <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So I already told you a little bit about what we're going to be doing today. So I just want to jump right in to make sure that we are being cognizant of time. So my first question to you is, what was life like growing up? Mm. Life. Uh, it was rough. Um, I'm not going to lie, I've had, uh, I've had a journey as to where I am now compared to where I used to be, mm-hmm. but just a little bit of a background. Um, my family is uh, first-generation immigrants from El Salvador, so just with that alone, that has many, many challenges and setbacks um, with growing up, like with parents and having parents uh, advocate for you when it comes to school and knowing what to do financially and through um, through your education in general. And it was a struggle for me to even uh, get through my college experience and just figuring out how the system works, how, how do I even get to, to becoming a PA. I've learned of the career, but I never just trying to figure out college in general is one thing and trying to get into PA school is another ball game in general. So it was hard. It was hard, but it was a, um, I'm grateful for it because it made me very independent and uh, made me strong willed and just learn how to, to keep a, a focused mindset for my goals. Right. So if you're okay with it, do you mind sharing like an experience or just something that left a lasting impression on you from growing up? Um, One thing that I'm very grateful of of my parents is they've showed me to work hard. So my my mom, she always used to work. She's worked in the hospital for, I think, before I was born for more than 30 years mm-hmm. as a housekeeper. But she's also 
cleaned houses on the side and she worked herself to the bone. Same thing with my father. My father just, they, they both taught my brother and I a good work ethic. So that's always something that, that really helped me in life. Right. Right. Especially for working. So like I am a first generation immigrant as well. My mom was too. However, um, I feel like I'm a first generation immigrant due to the circumstances that I experienced as well. And just the whole naturalization process. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I would say that it was a whole nother world growing up, like (laughs) being oblivious to what it was like living in America, like really the societal um, expectations, even going to school, you know, having friends that their normals just was not my normal you know, not really being able to socialize the way that I knew how to socialize because I'm Jamaican, you know, we, there are things that's different and you, you know, too, you know, growing up in your household and, you know, what, what was the hardest is trying to navigate a world you know nothing about and you have no blueprint for because your parents didn't, you know, that entire assimilation process or, not even only assimilation, acculturation process. So um, can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. um, So my parents were very strict um, with my brother and I. We weren't really allowed to go outside of the house. Um, uh, Having friends was not a thing. Getting a phone call was not a thing. So... Yeah, I think the most socialization that I had growing up was besides seeing my cousins every once in a while and maybe just learning from TV, just watching movies. I'm like, oh, okay, this is how people are. Right. Um, So I kind of just like, like sometimes I'll pick up, for example, my friend had mentioned the other day that I say 48 in a different way. Um not like I say it with a different like I'll say certain things with a different accent but that's from me watching movies and just picking up accents and just you know trying to find that character in myself growing up because I didn't have friends and I didn't have that socializing aspect of life yeah like I think the most that I had to learn that once I was in college if anything, because my parents were just so strict and I don't blame them. Um, You know, it's not a safe world out there. So of course, you know, you want to do everything that you can to protect your children, but sometimes you're doing more good than bad Mm -hmm. by doing that, by inhibiting from them socializing and, you know, other little aspects like that, but listen, everything happens for a reason. So of course, I could say it took, my mom was the same way too. Like, can we go to the park? Nope. You could go in the backyard. Can we go <laughs> to the library? Nope. You got 10,000 books right there on the shelf. Like, can we do, nope. What do you need to go for? What's there? You know, so being sheltered as well. I could say for me, I probably didn't start really focusing on identity formation until like grad school, like crazy because I was just like, go to school, go to school, graduate, graduate, like you got to make it like, you know, like education is a huge part of the upbringing when especially being from an immigrant um, family, like get your education, focus on school, you got to graduate. That's the only way you got to make it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 
not being able to actually take the time to come into your identity until later in life is a challenge within itself because you have so many different examples of what other people are doing and you're like mm, that doesn't sit right with me like yeah <laughs> I, I agree yeah I agree. And um, another thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, with the, the the education thing, like, our parents push us to go for education, get your education done, you have to get a career. Great. There's no blueprint, like you mentioned before, there's no blueprint, there's no foundation, where do I even start? Where do I even look? I had to figure all of that out myself. Yep. And that's why it took me so many years to trying to, you know, I'm 28 years old and I'm just getting into PA school. Everybody has their own process right. and their time period when things happen, but it delayed my process many years because I didn't have that assistance. Hmm. But I like I said, think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, everything happens for a reason. So I'm grateful because in a sense, it matured me in other ways. Um, it humbled me because I know that my any anything that I got academically is from my own merit because yep. I worked hard for it. Yep. That I could be grateful of. And without the help, you know, besides the support of many people saying that you can do it, you can do it, the moral support, which is a huge, huge help. But I, I, I'm proud of myself that I was able to do that. Yeah, it was kind of like that that tough love mentality, like you're going to school. Well, how do I even fill out a FAFSA form? Figure it out. Go to the school and ask them. How do I even get to the school? Take the bus, go up to the school, ask questions, figure it out. And then you go and it's like this, this big old jungle and you're asking questions and you see other people with their parents. You know, you see other people being, you know, held and I how I resolved it for myself was like, okay, they're not able to do it the way that I'm able to do it. My mom trusts me to be an adult, let me step up to the plate and be an adult, or just even monitoring academic progress like that. That's not even a thing. It's just like, you getting good grades? Yeah. Did you graduate yet? Not yet, but I'm gonna. Okay, all right. Well, make sure you graduate. (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean it's like I don't say that to sound like you know my mom is insensitive in any type of way like I love my mom and she is the reason why I'm such a go-getter but um I can attest to the fact that like like there's there is no blueprint there is no hand-holding there is minimum assistance to go through the process but at the end of the day you feel obligated to successfully complete the pro the process yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right good so what would you tell the middle school you uh, <laughs> those are those years are rough um <laughs> so pretty much things get better um you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And what matters the most is how you handle those, those good and bad days, because it's just, even on the bad days, it's just equally as important how you handle that situation as you would for the good days. Right. You know, you should be grateful for those good days. You should be when bad days happen, try to find the good in it. Try to find the positives. There's always a positive outlook you can find within a negative situation. Right. 
again, no blueprint. Like, could you imagine telling <laughs> the middle you, the middle school you that? You probably look at you like, what? Like, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> like, make it yeah. make sense for me. Because I know middle school was rough for me, too. And yeah. I'm not talking about academically. I'm talking about just personally at home. It was rough. So I'm like, oh, find the better days. What you think I've been doing? <laughs> Like, you know? honestly, when one bad day happened in middle school for me, it was like the whole world was ending. Yes. But I didn't know. Like, it's crazy. Like you said, like with the back to the blueprint, it's crazy. You don't realize at such a young age that there are better days. Like you have a long life to live. Yep. There's so many things, good things that are going to happen in your future that these days aren't even going to be worth it. And it takes so many years to learn how to not live in survival mode, you know, how to just not and cognitively make the decision each and every day with each and every obstacle that presents itself like, no, you're okay. You don't have to be in survival mode. You can navigate this differently. You don't have to be at a level 10. You could be at a level five, like take your time. Like you can do, you know, you're like, you really got to coach yourself through these things. But when the blueprint, right, not having a blueprint creates a blueprint of no support and you have that you go through life with that same mentality so that when it's time for you to receive help and other people want to come and support you along the way, which are for the most part, I know for me, complete strangers, yeah. you know, you're like, who are you? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to be so kind? This is foreign. I don't know what it looks like. It becomes hard to accept that help and to appreciate those people because it feels like, I know for me at least, it feels Mm -hmm. like I'm being robbed of my credit that Mm -hmm. I did this on my own. Well, of course, with the help of God, but I mean, physically, the support of others, I feel like I, I felt like I was being robbed of that credit. Like I did this on my own. I figured it out on my own. I asked questions. I took every step. And then when people were generally trying to help, it's like, I don't know you like that. Like, it's funny. It's funny because I have I have a weird feeling too at that maybe until maybe within the last year or so that I, I started somewhat getting comfortable with getting help. Yeah. For for years, like you said, like I was doing I was in survival mode. I was just trying to work hard. Um I was doing two jobs. I was going to school full time and I didn't have time for people. I didn't have time even for myself to even step away and just breathe, have a tea and just enjoy the moment. Of course I kept praying and praying and praying because like to find a level where I could get comfortable opening up or being able to accept that help from people. So yeah, like it, it, it took me a, a little while for me to get comfortable and I kept praying and praying. I'm like, God, please let me just loosen up a bit because I know that when I'm at a level 10, like you yeah. said, survival mode, I'm tense. I can't help it. Listen, I'm trying, I have a goal in life. I was working so hard to getting into PA school and thankfully I am in here now, but at the moment I didn't know whether or not I was going to get in because it is so competitive to get into these programs. And, you know, the the whole survival mode thing is a daily process and it's situation by situation because even after you acknowledge mentally that you're out of survival mode, there's still some residue that's there. If you're not aware, subconsciously, it can just 
be the flick of a switch that you're operating and going on autopilot and being robbed of where you are presently to just enjoy your accomplishment of even being in PA school. Like you did it. Yeah, it's a long, but you're in PA school. You just finished your first semester and you're continuing, you know? So to just be like, oh my gosh, I did it. I'm grateful. And I'm not going to allow my mind to take me back to the process of getting there. Not that I'm ever going to forget it, but right now in the here and now, I have every right to be grateful and to enjoy and to celebrate and to rejoice the fact that I am in PA school. Like I did that. I don't care how long it took me. I'm here. What part of all of this does your faith play into it? Like when you are feeling hopeless and you're down and out, how do you allow yourself to be picked up to keep going? I asked two questions. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Um, to be picked up and keep going, I have my faith, my my faith in God. I think God has gotten me through my darkest moments and times where I felt absolutely helpless. Mm-hmm. There will be moments where I, to a certain extent, I'll test, uh, even though we're not supposed to, but I test God. I'm like, God, is this is is this where I'm supposed to be? And can you show me a sign? And right. I'm telling you, it happens when you have faith. It comes like Just that. Like that. Yeah. And you know, that's not testing God. That's that's being genuine and authentic enough to have a, a conversation with him and ask him the hard questions. Like he wants us to commune with him. He wants us yeah. to to reason with him so that he can give us direction, you know, that he can pour into us what we need to keep us going in those moments. Like we have every right to do that. That's, you know, he's our father. Yeah. You know, like. Absolutely. How can we not genuinely ask our father, like, what's up? What, what's going on? <laughs> what, Where what am I to go? Like, what, what's going on right now? Right. Like, give me some kind of insight to what it looks like on the other side to help me to keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even with, with me, like, I never would have thought I would have done half of the things that I would have done if it wasn't for my faith in God, if it wasn't for him showing me those signs. Okay, mm-hmm. this is where I, I put this here for a reason. I, I ended up getting um, a tutoring job at Nassau where we mm-hmm. saw each other a couple of times and I never expected I would be tutoring in chemistry. Yep. I didn't think of myself like I came out of high school, honestly, because my parents weren't on top of my grades and I didn't know how to be a better student. I didn't have the support. So I came out as a C average student. I just graduated was told that I had to go to college and that's it. I had my eyes already set on PA, but I just didn't know the, the amount of work to get there. Right. And so, yeah, it took, it was a lot of trial and error and I ended up getting really good at chemistry and ended up tutoring. I never would have saw myself doing something like that. So it's, it's amazing what, it, nothing's really impossible. No, at all. Like nothing is off limits. Yeah, nothing. And you know, that's what Christ said. He said, I came so that you may have life and have life more abundantly. Like I really had to take time and really sit and think about what that means. Like I have life (laughs) and it sucks. This was years (laughs) ago. (laughs) You know, this was me years ago. You know, when I was a little more immature, I'm like, God, I have life and it sucks. 
if you're if you're telling me that you want me to worship your son Christ, I'm gonna need you to make it make sense because <laughs> the way that life is right now is not it. But he said, I didn't come for you to just have life. I came for you to have it abundantly and to actually take the time to even fathom what abundance means. You know, like I can have that. Is that is that really what I can have? Well, you promised it to me. And the way life is looking right now, this is not it. <laughs> so I'm going to need some help to receive that abundance. And that word is so limitless in every capacity, you know. And mm-hmm. when I seen you in, in Nassau, you know, I was going through a lot too. But never in a million years did I think I would get a job there. Never. Like, never in a million years did I think that the same school I was going to, that graduating high school, everyone's like, I'm not going there. That's yeah. great. Like, what is that? Is the same school that I went to, I graduated from and turned around and worked there, but also turned around and saw a lot of those same faces that left and came back. And they're like, oh, you go here. And I'm like, no, I graduated. I work here. And it's like, oh, you work here? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like isn't it crazy yeah I can relate to that I can't yeah it it was uh it definitely and then like even with just with getting into PA school even I I went through my phase of um what's the word uh imposter syndrome yes I still deal with that yeah yeah I, I'm slowly getting out of that because now it's finally getting real for me and I'm I'm about to get my equipment for for treating patients, uh, like the ophthalmoscope or the otoscope mm-hmm. and get to practice on my family because we're in COVID. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> who else am I gonna practice on? But um yeah, for a while, especially with the tutoring, I I went through my fair share of imposter syndrome. Through that whole time, I kept feeling most of the time, I think up until COVID happened and I was having that imposter syndrome. And then once, and I'm like, God, God, like, I don't, I don't know if this is me. Like, I feel like I'm playing myself. I didn't think I was ready. How am I supposed to be giving drugs to patients, prescribing medication? You know, my, their lives are in my hand eventually. And then COVID happened and I just felt like it was my calling. Like, I know a lot of people were very scared. I myself was scared. I, I'm not going to lie. I went into the hospital thinking, who knows what could happen? Yeah. And I am very much to a certain level. Like, I like being in control with my situation now, like with my life. So obviously, <laughs> we're not in those situations right now. Yeah. And so, but no, I felt like it was more of a calling. Like even with some of my older nurses, I, I just felt the need to protect them. And I just felt the need to help these patients that had COVID because they, even just for, just with having four patients that were COVID positive, they were a lot of work Yeah. than a regular patient. Like I could handle in the ED one district, I could hold about, I want to say, I would have 10 to 12 patients. I mean, it may not always be a busy day. They could also be simple cases where I'm not running around like a chicken without a head. (laughs) They could also be very difficult patients that I am. 
but listen, I'm, in my head, for whatever reason, in my heart, it's like, I got this. No, God was telling me, you got this. So that get, that definitely gave me like the motivation for PA school. And I'm like, no, I'm ready. I got this. That leader came out of you. Yeah. <laughs> that leader. Because I could definitely see you like being dominant. <laughs> like, uh-uh, we need to do this, do this. No, we're going to do this first with humility and with love. But you can, yes. you can tell when you are not meant to blend in. You know, like, I know that has always been a thing for me, like, even yeah. and I'm going to be very transparent about it. I've tried to blend it. It just doesn't work for me. It, it yeah. just doesn't. I can't blend in. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm the same way. I can't assimilate. Like, I, 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 I'm just like, uh, how do I say it? one of my friends was just telling me I'm like this free bird. You can't just sit her down and put her in a category. It's like you're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And hey, that's just me. I can't. I can't help it. Yep. I, I was I meant for this. I think it's being flexible to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's really what I think it yes. is to me. Being flexible. If He says, "Listen, you're gonna walk three miles," and then I get to my one, and He's like, "Turn around." I'm turning around. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not even gonna think twice about it. You want me to? All right, fine. I'm turning around. Go where? So I think I think it's having that flexibility to be sensitive enough to the spirit of God to be like, yes. I will do whatever you say, whenever you say it, without reservation. And those are the opportunities that has caused me to be where I am today because I wasn't scared to be like, all right, I'll do it. You know that obedience that gut feeling I feel like it's that gut feeling or what you feel in your heart I think that's God I think that's God telling me go for it or no that's bad that's dangerous don't do that yeah yeah I think it's I think it's absolutely that what you were just saying yeah it's the Holy Spirit I do so what would you tell your children (laughs) like looking back you know, when you do have children, if you desire to have children, let me not no, get ahead of myself. I do, I do though. <laughs> okay. What would you tell them? I think the most important thing that there's a lot of things that I want to teach them. Um, but I think the most important thing is that you're going to have your good and bad days. And just like how you handle your good days, I mean, we want to be humble about it. Um, We want to be grateful of those good days, but on the bad days, we want to be able to handle it in the best way possible, because although they are bad situations, bad events, but there's always opportunities there. Yeah. There's always a positive that you could find in it. So, I mean, I would love to be able to guide my children in that, in that way that I felt like I didn't have growing up. Yeah. And not overcompensate for what we didn't have growing up to be able to find that healthy balance. Yeah. Like, let me teach you this, but definitely a lot of tough love. Definitely (laughs) a lot of tough. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like I'm not gonna baby you. No. For sure. No. That I'm very adamant about that. I want my kids. Hopefully, we we can't control the future, but I definitely would love to raise them as humble, hardworking, like just 
the good aspects of what I had when I was growing up. Right, right. And then fine tuning the other aspects yeah. that weren't so friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thank you so much for taking the time to sit and to talk with me. I really hope that um, it was refreshing for you. It was. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, it was great. I really enjoyed this. I did. Oh, thank you so much. No problem. And, so, mm-hmm. do you have any other last words? Um, one thing I did wanted to mention. Um, so because like you and I come back, uh, we're from Unidale, so yeah. we didn't come up from like anything crazy. We didn't come up from uh, a rich family or anything like that. But right. I definitely, I think one thing that motivated me was not doing this for myself although don't get me wrong it was I you know everybody goes for their degrees for for to so they could have a stable career but I think my biggest motivation for getting into PA school was doing this as to set an example for other people especially young girls like myself first generation uh, coming from first generation immigrant families it's I, I, every time that I wanted to quit and I pray to God, I'm like, I, I've always had in the back of my head, I'm like, no, like there's little girls looking up to me yep. and I'm that example and I need to keep fighting. I could keep doing this. And you're a good example. <laughs> you Thanks. are, you really are. And I can say the same for me. You know, my clients ask me all the time, like, yeah, you're amazing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> You know, they ask me, they're like, did you always want to be a counselor? Did you? I'm like, let me tell, I'm going to be so honest. I had no desire to go to college, no desire to have a career, no desire to do any of that. They're like, so what did you want to do? Survive. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all I ever wanted out of life was to survive and to not struggle anymore and to be yeah. able to, you know, enjoy the basic things of life without feeling like it was a fight for it you know and here I am so how'd you get here obedience obedience like just prayer and obedience that's that's really how I got here so I can say the same it's it wasn't just for me not only for me but for my kids but also like for every single word that I heard that I was just going to be a teenage statistic because I have my son in 10th grade is like personally I don't care what you have to say that's number one but number two to not fulfill that to just not fulfill that and to know that every other girl that I was in teenage parenting program with and every girl after me that has dealt with some of the similar things can have a example, a representation, a reference point of what they can become because I didn't have that reference. I couldn't look and be like, okay, this is how she did it. This is how they did it. I can do this. I can do that. And again, not to take away from my mom. My mom was an awesome mother. She did the best that she could do in a foreign place. And that's for a whole different conversation. Like just the trauma associated with being an immigrant alone is enough to have somebody just stagnant 
and down and out because they cannot function in this new place because every single thing that they know stems from another country where life is like a complete 180. And applying those things here in a society that has these systems and these um, functions that are just not conducive to the immigrant. You know, it, it just it just goes so much deeper. So it's like, okay, my mom always said, when you're in Rome, you do what the Romans do. I'm like, well, what's a Roman? <laughs> and what do they do? <laughs> because I need to know. <laughs> uh, yes, please tell me, because I don't know that myself. <laughs> so basically, do what the Romans do means that because you are a foreigner and you are from a foreign place, it is your responsibility to study the new place that you're in, to observe the Romans or the new people that you're amongst that does not necessarily have the same cultural values or um, family morals or norms that you do. Study it, chew the meat, spit out the bones, take what you need to survive and function in this new place, Rome, and then capitalize on it. Yes. That's what that means. And I took that to the heart. I will now too, because that's basically our, our, our lives now. Yeah. Do what the Romans do. And that's in every field. That's at work. That's socially. That, that's, you know, um, when we go out into the world, because it's a fight to hold on to your cultural identity, you mm-hmm. know, and when you come home, like even me teaching my kids the things that I learned growing up, it's a struggle, you know, and that's what acculturation is all about. So that that's for a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, that's for a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but um, you know, it it's been it's been a it's been a journey. It really has. It has been. It really, really has. So yay! This is good. I love talking to you. <laughs> I think we always have like the greatest conversations. Yes, right. <laughs> like, well, you could just reflect and just think back and be like, "Wow, we've, like, we've come a long way. Come <laughs> a long, long way, and we have a long, long way to go." <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And we're here for it. Yes, I'm here. Yes. So, all right, guys, thank you guys for listening. I really hope that you guys benefited from this. And again, this is Melissa. She's a really good friend of mine, and I just appreciate her for coming on and being honest. So I hope that you guys can relate and that you probably could pick something that stuck with you. So you guys have a good one. All right. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pure Reflections, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, hit the subscribe button, and share with a friend. For information about today's show, be sure to check out the show notes below. As always, stay focused, be true, and be you.